Algar Productions. Despite the title, the following podcast is most decidedly not for kids. This is the Kids Love Batman Beyond podcast with your hosts, Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar Watt. Episode 105, Out of the Past and Speak No Evil. Hi, pals. We're up to, would you would you say this is the, the best one? Uh, by, um, by the way, I'm Al. I'm Maggie. Yeah. And, um, well, yes? Okay. I really, I'd have to think about it, but like, yeah, probably. I mean, we talked about this briefly on Twitter yesterday. Just yeah. Like, I, I kept saying season three gets good again. Season three gets good again. Mm-hmm. And it's because I was thinking of this episode. Like, I know there's some other good stuff coming up, mm-hmm. but this this is the one where yeah. it's like, okay, if the show's starting to lose you, don't worry. There's still some great stuff coming, like like this. And, uh, oh boy. This thing, this episode is everything. Like, god damn. And, uh, of course, we were talking about the second episode, the gorilla one. Yep. Not not the, not the first one. Who cares about that? The, the, the second episode, Gorilla My Dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the actual name of a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I'm almost certain that it is. Mm-hmm. Possibly several Bugs Bunny cartoons. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't do that. They might now. They might just remake it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just what if we a... uh, just uh, do uh, the one where Bugs Bunny uh, fights a gorilla? How about that? Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm I'm Jerry Seinfeld's voice that uh, <laughs> calls people on the phone. How uh-huh. you doing? How you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, just reminds me of you. Remember when they did that shot for shot remake of Psycho for no apparent reason? Oh yeah, I think about that a surprising amount, honestly. Shot for shot remake of Psycho with an extra thirty seconds of masturbating. Yep, was what it was. Everything else was exactly the same. <laughs> now, but they added a shot of some guy jerking it. Now, uh, who should we get for uh, this remake mm-hmm. of one of the greatest suspense movies of ever uh, of all time? I think Vince Vaughn and Anne Heche is probably the way to go. I mean, I have no no like uh, preformed opinion of either of them. They could have been fine. But uh, my point is when that came out, I desperately wanted to, on my own, make a shot-for-shot remake of One Froggy Evening. <laughs> for no other reason than to just sort of mock the idea of a shot-for-shot remake. Yep. But I couldn't find a singing frog, so the whole thing fell. Well, that's not true. I could find a singing frog, but he wouldn't sing when I turned the camera on. <laughs> so I had to scrap the whole project. And then briefly go insane. Briefly. Yeah. Do you know something I don't? Am I coming out of this finally? <laughs> it, it's a separate. It's a separate frog-based insanity. Not the not the usual stuff you got to deal with. I, last night I fell asleep to the sound of frogs. It was wonderful. Oh, that does sound wonderful. Our new house is uh, frog adjacent, and we just had like the the, the you know the night frogs. Mm-hmm. One frog adjacent evening. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh, how did we get so off topic when we have so much to talk about? We should have spent more time chatting before we started recording the yeah, episode. That's true. All this we usually just bleeding over. We usually take a full half hour. Just, oh, how you been? Yeah, uh-huh. How's it going? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. What are you up to? Here's some jokes that might work on the show mm-hmm. or not. Yep. Oh, that really didn't. Never mind. Oh, that fell real flat. I'm gonna cut that right now. Uh, you guys would not believe how many times we have just done something that delights us so much that we will reconstruct the exact conversation for you again. Oh yeah. Like, what was my line here? Oh, yeah. And and I think we've gotten good enough at it that they can't tell. Yeah. But definitely some of the back and forth we have is something we've already mm-hmm. said. And we're just like, oh, yeah, we should we should reconstruct that. That was good. Yep. That's the kind of professionalism you get here at uh, Kids Love Batman Beyond. Which show is this? Uh, Which, uh, like, hang on. Seventh or eighth show we've Are done? We doing no, the, is this still know. Sarcastic Voyage? Yeah, probably. Is this, is this post-atomic horror? Could be. Where am I? 
Uh, if we were doing post-atomic horror, we would just be rolling on the ground laughing at Agnes eating batteries. Yep. Which is the funniest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> she just loves eating batteries with her nom, human nom, teeth. Nom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, straying off topic again, why don't I get into it and tell you about Out of the Past. Yes. There's a hot new ticket on whatever fake New York, a.k.a. Gotham, calls its fake version of Broadway, and it's a campy, corny, cheesy-ass musical about the Cape Crusader himself, Batman. Why it's not called Batman Turn Off the Dark Night is anyone else. <laughs> In attendance is, well, none of your friends who are extremely passionate about theater, because that isn't how these hot tickets work. No, it's all rich people with zero appreciation for the form and zero sense of humor, who just want to be able to tell other rich people that they went to this thing that's only for rich people. You know, I don't even care about theater all that much, but this kind of thing really bothers me if you couldn't tell. <laughs> also in attendance, the caped crusader himself, Batman, and his grandpa, who was also Batman at one point. Bruce is celebrating his 600th birthday, and perhaps a bit predictably, is not super thrilled to see people in tights prancing around and turning the sacred oath he made on the grave of his murdered parents into the toe-tapping centerpiece of the show. So he ducks out and spends the rest of his birthday sitting alone in a dark room, torturing himself by looking at pictures of better times. I have never found this character more relatable than I do at this exact moment. <laughs> then Talia shows up. You know, Talia, daughter of the diabolical Rachel Ghoul, not to be confused with the diabolical Diz- Bismarcky, may he rest in peace. <laughs> now, listen, it's no secret that my memory isn't what it used to be. It used to be terrible. Now it's worse than that. <laughs> what I'm getting at here is that while I obviously remember one of this continuity's great villains, I do not so much remember what this version's specific deal was. So I went through our old notes to refresh my worse-than-terrible memory, and it turns out Raish's deal was that he wanted to force Bruce to marry his beautiful daughter. Now apparently he's dead, and here's his beautiful daughter offering Bruce the immortality of their family's patented Lazarus Pit technology TM so they can spend eternity together. Wow, tough choice, says Terry, who is also here for some reason. <laughs> Have your youth restored by giving one of your most dangerous nemeses exactly what he's always wanted, or stay old forever. Terry's abruptly cut off by Bruce's cries of, Wee Cannonball! <laughs> and giant splash from the direction of the Lazarus Pit. Well, that solves that, I suppose. Now Bruce is, well, not young. Older than we saw him in the animated series, but much younger than he is on this show. Like, he has those cool silver Reed Richards temples now. Only the show isn't made by Roger Corman, so nobody painted the tops of his ears silver. <laughs> he and Talia smooch for a while and quite possibly have actual sex, and I'm calling special attention to this because we soon discover that this isn't Talia at all, but Raish living in her body. And for the second time, the title Batman Turn Off the Dark Knight seems extremely appropriate. <laughs> Raish used brain-swapping technology, which dates back to prehistoric times as depicted in a Flintstones episode called Dr. Frankenstone, no seriously, to escape his dying body and take residence in Talia's. But he's growing weary of only being able to see out of one eye, so he decided to Frankenstone his way into Bruce's body now. Fortunately, Terry is still here for some reason, and the day is saved. Raish possibly dies in another Lazarus pit explosion, but Bruce stops Terry from going in to see for sure. You know, this is probably why all your guys keep coming back to kill you, says Terry. Then Bruce smacks him in the back of the head with his cane, falls down in the shower, and complains about the president being a Democrat. In case you were wondering if he was going to remain eternally young for the rest of the series. <laughs> Oh, this episode ruled. Sure did. I mean, so I've I've fun. uh I've definitely teased this a few times over the course of the series just the the idea that we get youngish Bruce and Terry fighting side by side. Yep. And I love like they roll right into it. Like Terry is just delighted to be doing this. It fu- is, it's awesome. He's watching Bruce work out as he's trying to test like what his body's like now, and he says as much. He's yeah. like I always wanted to see what you were like in your prime mm-hmm. and this isn't quite it, but it's it gives me an idea. It's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Damn. Yeah. Like, it's it's nice that 
all this time working with him and being yelled at by him, he still has sort of that hero worship. Yeah. That's that's cool. It was also, I was shocked by how much, like, I missed, uh, like, younger Bruce's voice. Yeah, but the thing is, you'll get a bunch more of that in Justice League. Well, it's it's more just like, oh, wow, he that like he's really doing something different with, for old Bruce. Oh, it like, definitely calls attention I, to, yeah. More than I noticed, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I listen for that stuff, but mm-hmm. I can see if you're not, like, really focusing in on it, it's just like, yeah, that's what the character sounds yeah. like, of course. Like, it's not quite, uh, Bruce, but it's also not, yeah. qu- it, it, there's also some of that there. Yep. No, and you'll get that in Justice League where I think he realizes this is sort of the middle stage. He's getting angrier. He's getting, like, less personable, but yeah. he's not old Bruce yet. So there's even another sort of middle step mm-hmm. there. But, yeah, it's fantastic. And then I'm, I'll just, this is a good place to bring this up. Uh, at the beginning in the musical bit, mm-hmm. that's Kevin Conroy singing as cheesy Batman. Oh, that's amazing. And it's one of those he's always wanted to sing. And it's hard to find an excuse. Like, they will find another excuse mm-hmm. in a Justice League episode later. But yep. this is the first time they're like, oh, okay, Kevin, we found something finally. Mm-hmm. And he's great. That whole, um, I was watching this one with Mal and uh, that whole, uh, uh, sequ- she had uh, the uh, the criminals are superstitious, cowardly a lot songs stuck in her head. Well, yeah, they did a good job of, like, that is supposed to be the, the toe-tapping, you know, the, the like, the centerpiece of the mm-hmm. thing. A superstitious, cowardly lot. Mm-hmm. And really, this is my good thing. Mm-hmm. The open musical is so perfect. It's a good encapsulation of the sort of corny way future generations commemorate the past. It's a nice way to work in some of the campier elements from old comics in Batman 66, which this show has always had a love for, but they've always struggled. Like, they've done it a few times, but you can't do it much. And you have to find a good reason for it. And they did here. And it's a great way to show how unhappy Bruce is looking back. Like, at one point he turns to Terry and says, you must hate me. And he means it. Mm-hmm. And, like, is this how people see me? Was was What was the point of any of that? Yep. And all of this happens in the first, like, three minutes of the episode. Like, it's it's that great economic storytelling. Like, you've really set the tone of Bruce is really feeling his age. Mm-hmm. He feels like a joke. But it feels like a throwaway comedy bit. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of writing I'm really here for is, like, you're so entrangled by the goofiness of it. It's like, wait a minute. No, there's also something heavy happening here. It's so good. (sighs) And the musical itself is, like like you say, there's a catchy song in it. Mm -hmm. And we get a couple of songs. And they both sound like they could be in a real musical. Absolutely. It's great. And the the look of everything is a, like, way dialed up kind of cartoony. I love uh, Robin's Played by a Girl. Mm Mm-hmm. That tracks. Mm Mm-hmm. Want to do sort of the Peter Pan, like, you know, uh, uh, what's her name? Mary Martin. Yep, absolutely. Thing. Or uh, Mr. B Natural would probably be a reference you'd get more than, than that. I mean, I, actu- I actually saw that Peter Pan with uh, ah. What's-Her-Face. I think I saw it live now that I'm thinking about it. Really? Yeah, I think my mom took it to took me to it when I was like five. Huh. Interesting. She flies out over the audience. Oh, my God. I haven't thought about that in years. Hmm. Now, did that uh, did that awaken something in uh, young Maggie, I wonder? Uh, probably. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Boys can be girls? Gonna write this down and then not think about it for 30 years. Uh-huh. Well, we're definitely gonna talk about it here because that's oh, sort yeah. of the whole episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, honestly, kind of ties to my bad thing-ish. Mm-hmm. G- given that this episode's over 20 years old, I was, like, the whole gender fluidity of Raish being Talia but also still being Raish, mm. I thought, uh-oh, here we go. Yeah. 
uh, they could have easily spent the second half of the episode going, ew, icky, that's not really a woman. And they, they didn't. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. But Bruce does have to taunt Raish by saying, you hit like a girl. Mm-hmm. Which, that's nowhere near as unpleasant as, as it could have been. Yeah. But it's a little jarring. It's not the best. Also... I saw you do that hair flip, Roz. You're you're enjoying being in that body as much as I would be. I saw a bunch of your notes to that effect, and I was delighted. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the just your your current situation has added a whole extra perspective for you. It's like this is shit I'm actively trying to teach myself to do, and he's just walking around. Ah, detective, let me do yeah. my hair like this. <laughs> the thing is, they say in the they don't give a time frame, but they they imply in the episode that he, like Bruce, hasn't seen. Uh, uh, Talia for 20 years mm. or so. So, Raish could have been in there a long time. Yeah. I, like, from what ahead. I picked up, like, I get the feeling, and there's no reason for this other than it sort of makes sense to me. Like, she was doing all the, um, the, like, uh, philanthropy stuff. Yeah, it's, it, she says straight up, I've been trying to repair the horrible damage that my father did to our legacy. Yeah. And then I could absolutely see him coming back and just like, no, nah, no, nah, that's that, that's enough of that. I'll take that body now. Well, now I'll be undoing all the damage you've done to my legacy. Yep. And also, yeah. he refers to it as her making the ultimate sacrifice because, yeah, she definitely gave her body up for you, Roz. Oh, yeah, that was, I mean, I don't know. We've seen it's not, the way she is. It, she would absolutely volunteer for this. I don't know. Th- this version, I don't know about the comics version. Mm. Uh, which often you, you know, you uh, let that bleed into sure. this. But, but this version, very subservient to her father, very willing to give up a lot mm. for him. So I, I don't know, maybe. I can't wait to become my daughter. Mm-hmm. My daughter. I had the observation this week that uh, Roz and Niles Calder say, my daughter, exactly the same mm. way. They They do accent-wise, but... With Niles Calder, you have to say it weepy every time. She's my daughter, Cliff. Yeah. Daughter. Which is immediately followed up by, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that show mm-hmm. so much. But this, this was this was amazing. Yeah, I love so this let's, so much. Uh, let's get into your good thing. Okay, so. I'm going to roll back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reveal that Talia is Roz is so funny fucking good like yeah it's kind of like it kind of precedes the third act like we get two-thirds of the episode before we know yeah like the thing is the reveal is perfect perfect because this could easily be an episode about talia coming back like Mm -hmm. you know we like we've definitely seen that kind of thing happen on this show before not a lot but honestly it would be a good epilogue to their relationship Mm -hmm. like what if you took race out of the equation would this work yeah that that is an interesting idea for a story so maybe that's what they're doing yeah and having bruce like think about like i you know i could give all this up but no, I still, yeah. I like, even though I'm old, I still have the mission. Like, that's an episode that could absolutely work. Yep. And then the twist, like, it is so hard to have a good twist. Yeah. You know, and to pull it off perfectly. But her going as detective is so fucking good. Yep. My, my note at the time was, okay, but how has, if he has the voice, how, you know, like, the well, how does the voice work? Mm-hmm. And uh, our old friends at the DC Wiki sometimes really come through with good, in, good uh, information. And they had this note. Bruce Tim and Paul Dini in a behind-the-scenes feature mentioned that the episode originally included a scene that explained why Talia was speaking with her father's voice, involved transplanting her vocal cords with his own. However, it was ultimately cut due to taking too long as well as not really being necessary. I mean, that's the thing. Like, it does, yep. it, like it's definitely something you think about, but it's also, like, it doesn't matter. What I want to know is that the writers thought about it mm-hmm. and then decided it wasn't important. That For some reason, that's good for yeah. me. 
you're right. Don't weigh the episode down with a bunch of tedious exposition, but but at least you care enough to think. Yeah, about. like no one, as you know, detective, I had to replace my vocal mm-hmm. cords so that I could sound like this because I have a really cool voice. The thing is, if he's in her body, he really should have her voice. Yeah, but course. on the other hand, that reveal doesn't work nearly as well if you don't suddenly have David Warner saying, yes, detective. It turns out I'm actually Ra's al Ghul, detective. Mm-hmm. Yes, it, uh, there's a way to make that work, but just having David Warner speak is just so perfect. And, like, the voice yep. is so distinctive. It's just like, yep. Yep, yep, that's him. Mm-hmm. No, it's very, very good. Yeah, I love it. Uh-huh. And, I mean, at the end of the day, like, the thing about Roz is that, like, ignoring everything else, like, his whole deal is just, like, I can't ever die. And yeah. it's just, like, it's so perfect having him just, like, yeah, I had to kill my daughter, the only person I actually liked, so that I could, uh... So that I could keep being alive, but, uh, you know, sacrifices had to be made. Yeah, you remember the first time we met, and my whole thing was, I need you to marry my daughter, the most important person in the world mm-hmm. to me? I killed her. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out I don't really want an heir, I just want to be alive forever. Actually, I could see him wanting an heir to transfer his body, his brain into. Well, sure. And his his ultimate plan with Bruce is to leave enough, like, race DNA in there to say... Like, uh, hey, I'm the offspring of Bruce and Talia, mm-hmm. which, you know, the comics t- took that idea and ran with yep. it. Also, I just but, realized he left the gray, the gray in just so he could look a little bit more like Roz when he. Uh, oh, oh, they they call that out. Yeah. He says, the, she says, I like the gray. It suits you. And he's like, oh, yeah, because it looks like your dad, yeah. right? <laughs> well, we're not getting into that right now, but. Uh... Mm-hmm. Well. So, I mean, villains that Bruce has had sex with. Uh-huh. Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, Poison Ivy, one of Poison Ivy's plant people. Yep. And Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. There it is. Yep. Also, for those of you who forget or, or didn't catch us talking uh, about this character previously, the reason I say it this way and Maggie says it that way is because we're both right and we're both wrong. Exactly. In this show, they have decided, and, and Talia actually on a number of occasions corrects mm-hmm. Terry and says, it's Raish. But uh, in the comics, they uh, found out, oh, the the culture this is based on would not say it that way. We fucked up. Yeah. I think that was uh, Denny O'Neill who created the, the character. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Yeah, by and the in way, the 70s, uh, you couldn't just look. Shout out to him look... and Neil Adams who passed away this week. Oh, yeah. No, titans of the industry. Uh-huh. But, yeah, in the 70s or whenever, I assume the 70s. That yeah. feels like a 70s-ass Batman comic. Oh, that's thing. a 70s-ass. That is the yeah. 70s-ass Batman comic. Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought. Uh, you couldn't exactly go to Wikipedia and find out, like, how do you pronounce, you know, yeah. look up a YouTube video of how to pronounce this name. He probably just did his best. Ask ask someone or something, guessed, mm-hmm. did his best. Yeah. But I I maintain, and you disagree, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. We'll just say them different. Yep. But I maintain this version of the character says his name that way, so that's how you say sure. it. Sure. So. But I do <laughs> I do like just to, just to underscore our, wait, we've never thought about this. No. But just to underscore our discussion, they they keep correcting each yep. other. Hey Roz, it's actually it's actually Raish. Um, really? Because I'm reading Roz it says here. Roz here. Uh, this is the future where kids learn more than they did before, mm-hmm. and I've I've learned a bit of Arabic or whatever that is, yep. so I know how to say it. I, I assume it's Arabic. So, it looks, but I I don't want to. Yeah. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. It says here. Uh, it says here Roz, like the secretary or uh, the producer from Frasier. So. Uh... <laughs> It's got to be it, right? Mm-hmm. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you manage to find a bad thing? Uh, what did I? I copped out, but I copped out because uh, uh, Talia whips out a sword, and uh, her oh, and she sure does. Her and Terry definitely should have had a uh, should have had a sword fight. 
a hard disagree. Mm-hmm. You know me and swords. I love a sword. I do not. And my note was, oh, for fuck's sake, it's the future. We don't use swords anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he dodges, and the sword gets lodged in a in a high tech panel. I'm like, yes, good. It's the future. Mm-hmm. Thank Technology you. beats sword every time. Uh huh. I do like as they're putting uh, Bruce into the Lazarus pit for the first time, and they bolt him in with these with this giant like metal band, mm-hmm. and seal him up in an airtight metal egg. Yep. And say, uh, "Don't worry, beloved. It's safe. <laughs> if there's one thing that screams safe, it's all that." Yep. Yeah, it looks uh it looks great. Mhm. I just I love Bruce's ongoing trepidation about the whole thing. Like Mhm. Oh, like honestly, like Roz mentions at the end that it's like, "Yes, I had to set this up so that you would have a crisis of conscience about your age." But like honestly, he didn't really need to do that. Like No, I know. No, there's a bit that I didn't mention in my summary because there was a lot to talk mm. about and a lot of dumb jokes that I wanted to sidetrack to make instead. Uh, that he has has a blowout on the freeway mm-hmm. and he starts changing his tire and some punks hassle him and like that's that's the part that that Rach like set up to make him feel bad but you're right it didn't matter the thi- the thing I love though is like he he kicks the shit out of the punks pretty easily because you know mm-hmm. we've seen him do that since like the first episode like yeah he's he's still got it yeah exactly but like there's a bit where uh like a woman gets pushed out into the road and like he has to he tries to save her and like he can't do it. Yeah, he's now he's on a freeway. Like he's still on the freeway. Yes. Like he's on the side of it. So there's it's not just like a street downtown. It's like four lanes yeah. of rapid traffic. And one of the thugs that he's fighting takes this woman hostage for a moment. Mm-hmm. And he handily takes the guy out. But yeah, he shoves her out into the traffic and Bruce is like, Well, I can't leave her out there. I've got to go get her. Well, I l- this eighty year old man scurrying out like Frogger yeah. trying <laughs> to save this woman. Well, and I love that it's not like it's not that I can't kick ass anymore, it's that I can't help people anymore. Yeah, no, and bringing it back to that, that it's not like, uh, oh, no, I'm going to not get beat up on the side of the road. Yeah. is It's nice to be able to defend yourself, but you're right. It's never been about yeah. that. It's about, like, no, you just endangered a, an innocent person. Come on. Yeah. Of course I'm going to dart out into traffic and save her, even if it kills me. Well, and then the fact that Terry as Batman has to save both of them is just, like, that final nail in the coffin. Like, oh, God. And not only can I not do this, but, like, this kid I've been training can can do it. Like, Yep. It's like, no. I, I walk around with a certain dignity that is, no matter what Terry does, I'm still better than him, but Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. no, it's uh, it's never been as apparent now, mm-hmm. between the musical and that. Yeah. Also, I wonder if Raish funded that musical just to just to kick him in the teeth a little more. The thing I really love is that, uh, is that Terry brought Bruce to this musical and Bruce agreed to go to it. Mm-hmm. Well, he probably wanted to, okay, fine, they're using my intellectual property i guess i couldn't sue them mm-hmm. but I, I guess i should see what this is all about you see unlike uh unlike spider-man who's constantly having his identity stolen i believe the i believe batman is copyrighted by wayne industries so uh possibly also spider-man probably tried that and fucked it mm-hmm. up signed it over to the lizard or That's something the, the, in like the current or like the more current stuff um uh, Doctor Octopus uh, copyrighted Spider Man when he was in right. uh, Peter's body, and then he sold it to uh, a, to a corporation. No, oh. which is so fucking Spider Man that I can't believe it. Yeah, no, that's very good. Uh, um, let's. What else? See. Little off topic oh. there for a second. <laughs> I mean, look, it's gonna happen. Um, 
when Bruce and Terry are fighting side by side, we get the sort of like in, the way the industrial score in this show is, but it's the uh, animated series theme. Yes, I loved that. Yeah. Oh, hey, ah, look, we look agree on the music yeah. thing for the first time. That's how great this episode yep, is. Drop the banner. Uh-huh. Well, get the dot matrix printer started. <laughs> oh, there's a great moment of just pure Batman cruelty mm-hmm. where a couple of racist thugs throw Terry into crocodile pit and it's like, I like to watch the crocodiles eat people. And then Terry throws it. Oh, no, the <laughs> crocodile's going to eat me. <laughs> What an ironic twist of fate. I like Terry's, uh, oh, that was fascinating. Yeah, <laughs> that was good. <sighs> That's some good uh, walk away from the explosion without looking at the explosion shit, Terry. Nice job. Yep. No, he really is Batman. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of lot of interesting nods to the history between, uh, you know, the present that we know and this. Mm-hmm. Like, they mentioned the near apocalypse of 09. Only missed it by a few years, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they mentioned New Cuba. Mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. Yep. Just I, I like yeah. I like stuff like that. It's just like, don't go overboard with the world building, but flesh it yeah. out every now and then. It's cute. Uh, uh, what, what else? else? Uh, let's see. I took a lot of notes. I worked most of mine into my summary, yeah, so yeah. I don't have much more. But what do you got? Uh, that the bit at the beginning where uh, Bruce is going over all of his lost loves and like Zatanna's the first one. It's like, yeah, I thought this might be a Paul Dini joint. Thanks. It is, but I don't think it's too overly like Paul Dini, you know, like Paul Dini wearing his kink on his sleeve sure. thing. It's just like, well, yeah, she is one mm-hmm. of them. Yep. This isn't out of place. Uh. But since Justice League hasn't been made yet, Wonder Woman's not mm-hmm. in there. That's so. true. Uh, I forgot about I lost her picture. Yeah, that that's it. You know, uh, uh, the Muscarians don't uh, photograph yeah, like vampires. <laughs> that's why her plane was invisible. Ooh, yeah, mm-hmm. good one. Yeah, not just cloaked, just invisible. <laughs> uh, it looks at Barbara quite a bit, which you know, yeah, that's, that uh... happens. Well, but I mean, in case you like, I personally was trying to interpret that stuff to mean something different, and they're making it harder for me. Yeah, to do yeah. That, so, uh, in fact, my my kids love Batman moment is what small child doesn't love watching an old man page longingly through the photos of beautiful women he's kissed. <laughs> like, you know, we often talk about seven year old Maggie watching watching these shows or, you know, however old you were. Uh-huh. Like, w- wouldn't that have just fascinated you, glued you to the television? Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. This is like mm-hmm. this is like back when uh, I used to watch the uh, Batman 66 movie and it was the interminable time where Bruce is on a date with Catwoman. Mm-hmm. It's like, why won't this Excuse end, me? Cat, cat, cat woman. woman? Yeah. Why won't this end? Get to the <sighs> punching. And now you're like, oh, no, this is great, too. Yep, yep. It's all good. Yep. Fucking love Batman. Yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm. When it's good, mm-hmm. there's plenty of bad Batman, too, though. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which. Eh, I wouldn't say the next one's bad. It's just kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, but before that, do you have anything else about this I one? I think that's everything I got. Okay. Great well, episode. Yes, absolutely. I, I would say not the best of the series, but top, like top three. I mean, it's up there with the pilot and, um, yeah. I'm going to have I to rewatch, uh, Return of the Joker, but, uh. Oh, it's, it's as good as you remember. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my quote is just Bruce's reaction to the musical at the beginning, mm-hmm. which 
delighted me. Come on, it took me weeks to get tickets for this show. It's Shway. It's Schwarbage. Like, we've never heard him react to the uh, slang of the future mm-hmm. either, so <laughs> that may be laugh. How you doing there, buddy? Uh, not mm-hmm. great, actually. Mm-hmm. Stop saying stuff is Shway. I hate this. <laughs> Lousy punk kids and your punk slang. Ah. Ah. Let's go play some Rappy video pants. games. That's what you kids like, right? Talk about vid games? Oh, God. Oh, boy. It was that much effort to put to say the O at the end, huh? Uh, look, you and I both are are part of the internet generation that just started abbreviating everything. We sure did. So, Excuse me, we sure we, did. Mm-hmm. Can't, uh, can't throw too many stones yeah. there. All right, let's move on to one that did not delight us nearly mm-hmm. as much. Take it away, Maggie, and tell us all about Speak No Evil. Yeah, hey, so how do we follow up one of the finest episodes of the series? Mm. How about Terry Fights a Gorilla? That seems like a quality follow-up, yes? So while out with his friends and Howard, Terry spots a gorilla trying to hitch a ride on a train, since literally anything is better than Dana talking about how awesome books are, like every fifth motherfucker who would yell at me for throwing out a moldering, piss-soaked box of unsold copies of The Da Vinci Code back when I worked at the comic store. (laughs) Terry changes into Batman so he can go punch an ape in the face. These are just some good old-fashioned Silver Age shenanigans for Terry, although I'd much prefer to him to fight a t- giant turtle man or perhaps have a lion for a head. The lion head would be extremely fun as we could watch how long it takes Dana to notice. Anyway, <laughs> Terry meets two scientists trying to capture the gorilla. They say his name is Fingers, which must be a prank, and then tell Terry that they made it more intelligent. Terry tells them that this is how you get planets of the apes, and even worse, battles for the, planet of the planets of the apes. Do you want battles for the planets of the apes, guys? And then gives chase. So it turns out Fingers is not just intelligent, but can also speak. For example, he can say, a poacher kidnapped my mother, and please don't call me Fingers. <laughs> Terry resolves to help Fingers, sorry Fingers, find po- find the poacher and his mother. The poacher in question is a guy named Jan- James Van Dyle, who appears to be a wildlife c- conservationist, but mostly just sucks and reminds me that the show already has a craven analog, thank you oh so very much. <laughs> Terry arrives at, his- at Van Dyle's Van Zoo and discovers that it is indeed just a front for poaching. And also the basis for Flash in the Pan Netflix series, Tiger King Beyond, or Tiger King in the Future, as it is called overseas. <laughs> Van Dyle spots Terry with his bionic eye and then throws him in a cage to fight lions. And normally I'm all over the idea of Batman fighting lions, but Terry doesn't make a particularly good showing here, and Fingers has to save him. Thanks, Fingers, says Terry. Sorry. Fingers spots Van Dyle and beats the ever-loving shit out of him because he's a fucking gorilla. Then he questions where his mother is, but Van Dyle doesn't know. For you, Van Dyle says, the day Van Dyle stole your mother was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> so then Fingers rips off Van Dyle's dick and throws it into the woods. Terry spends a good half a, a good hour and a half searching for it while Dana thinks about soup. The end. Wouldn't you say his Van Dick? <laughs> ah, damn it. Cancel the episode. I gotta go back in. Also, I would have said Gorilla Tuesday. I don't mean to. I don't mean to nip it. You've got a lot of good jokes here. Uh, who would you say is more intelligent, uh, Fingers, the gorilla who could talk, or Dana, the girl who sniffs books? <laughs> Old book sniffing Dana. Uh, my note there was uh, Dana does. Dana's not like one of those book fetishists. She does that because she thinks that's how you read books. She she's like from the Red Dwarf cat people. She doesn't know. That you're supposed to read them with your eyes. I love the, the, the episode. Is just like, see, Dana's not dumb. She likes books. Uh, yeah. You know how you really show that by having her discuss the content of even one book. Mm-hmm. She she likes the physical objects, but we still have no evidence she's read one. Well, uh, I got my copy of uh, 
uh, I got my copy of uh, the newest uh, Stephen King book because, yes, he's still putting stuff out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some books on the war and all that. Tana, what did you get? I got a coloring book with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in it. Of course, this is the library, so all the, the pages have been colored in. I just think it saves time that way. Uh, she's probably right. Mm-hmm. Also, when you said his van zoo, I'm just picturing the entire zoo being run out of a van. I mean, again, that does, it reminds me of a lot of Tiger King, which I'm sure yeah. you did not watch. No, I have no interest in that. But, <laughs> but that is a uh, not not exactly like springtime fresh, but that is a more fresh reference than most of mine. So I'm glad you know what it is. It's more than just that it keeps being a thing. It sure is. Uh-huh. Isn't there some sort of parody thing now with um, uh, what's her name? Oh God! What's her name? Oh, uh, she, she was in New Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, Kristen. Uh, no, not Kristen Wiig. No, uh, uh, I know exactly. Uh, the only good thing, or the excuse me, the best thing about uh, New Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I cannot think of her name. I can see her face. Yep, she's very good. She usually disappears into a role. Mm-hmm. I cannot think of her name, Holtzman. and everyone's screaming at us right uh, now. Yeah, that's the character. Yeah. But I do not remember, and I'm just going to keep saying this because I can hear you Googling mm-hmm. over there, and I do appreciate that while I just vamp and, and try to remember the name of... <laughs> oh, come on, don't let me down. Oh, Her. God. Uh, Kate that McKinnon. Lady. Jesus. Kate McKinnon. God damn. <laughs> oh, we're terrible. I mistyped Ghostbusters as Ghostmas, which is why I didn't get how, any good uh, responses. How, how would you, of all people... I, I, I don't know if you know this or not, being a, one of the only people who's seen me type, like, in live action, but um, I'm not a great typist. I mean, me neither, honestly. Mm-hmm. I don't know how we managed to do this. Yeah, like, it's a lot of backspace, backspace, backspace. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This episode was, what, the, would you say the 20th? Like, what what have we seen more of? Uh, people in the sewer using children to do their bidding or uh, superhero versus gorilla? I think it's still uh, superhero versus gorilla, but it's a close uh, it's a and, it's a and close one. Now, I will expand that to include superhero versus chimp, superhero versus any kind of simian. Mm-hmm. Like any primate that isn't a human. I mean, is what I mean. I get it. Like there is a rich comics tradition of superheroes and gorillas. Like Yeah. But we haven't even gotten to those yet. Yeah. We will get Gorilla Grodd in Gorilla City, mm-hmm. and we will get Ultra Humanite. Yeah. Like, those things happen in Justice League. We haven't even gotten to those No, guys I know. Yet. This mostly just reminds me of the uh, the half-gorilla guy from the uh, Catwoman episode. Yeah. Uh, I will say, this is my good thing. Mm-hmm. I was pretty bored with yet another Batman versus Zoo Animals episode, but they did tie this into splicing technology. Yes. Like, that's why the gorilla is so smart, mm-hmm. is they, they use the splicing shit that the other people were using to turn into part animal, and they made him part yeah. human, and like... That at least put a specific to this show spin on things. Like, I always like when any sci-fi show uses the stuff it's invented mm. in new, different ways. That's that's not Yeah, it's like looking back at the, like, well, we did all this, so the logical uh, outcome from that would be this. Of course, unethical scientists would get their hands on this shit for their research. Mm-hmm. We're trying to learn how intelligent gorillas are, and we're cheating. Yep. Yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. If there's one thing I've learned about scientists through all of superhero and sci-fi, it, it, uh, it is that they cheat mm-hmm. all the time. Lousy scientists. Mm-hmm. Uh, lousy environmentalists, too. Or uh, uh, poachers, rather. Oh, I guess. yeah, let's... Uh, Anti-environmentalists, I mean. Let's get into this. My bad thing. Yeah. This is some 90s-ass environmentalism bullshit. Like, sure I haven't is. seen a cartoon where the bad guy was poachers since Captain Planet, or possibly an episode of Futurama parodying Captain Planet. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this guy sucks. Well, the thing is, I think they thought they were doing a fake out because mm-hmm. you see this guy on the news and he's like, yes, I uh, I think it's important to protect the environment. But he's got a robot yeah, eye. You gave him an evil robot eye, which on the one hand, I appreciate because it looked badass. And on yeah. the other hand, like, well, that dude's evil. Yeah, of course he is. I mean, he's a billionaire on a Batman show who isn't Bruce exactly. Wayne. So he's evil. Yeah. But also he's got a robot mm-hmm. eye. He's evil. He's in a poacher costume, for God's sake. Like, I kn- What do you want from <laughs> us? We're evil. <laughs> yeah, I, no. You're right. He's in a poacher costume. <laughs> like he's one pith helmet away from yeah. from trying to kill Tarzan. Like, mm-hmm. what are you talking? Look at his mustache. What are you talking about? Now, I will say... I don't think they were riffing on Craven here. No. Like I I get that as a as a you know, as a funny mm-hmm. joke and it was, but I think they were just going more for there are people like this now. Fucking one of the Trump kids killed a lion, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he sure fucking did cuz that's still a thing you can just do. Yeah, just go to Africa and and hunt animals that have uh, yeah. Take a picture just... of it, put it on Twitter like you're the biggest piece mm-hmm. of shit on the planet. Look at this rhino I uh-huh. killed. Oh, good good job. Only ten of these left. <laughs> well, nine now. Yeah. yeah. Hope one of them doesn't come back saying, where the fuck is my mother? <laughs> as much as a uh, gorilla with a, with human intelligence will fuck you up, a rhino with human intelligence will fuck you up. I don't know. Well, I guess, I guess the qualifier there is human intelligence. I was going to say, the rhino from Spider-Man isn't much, but that's because he doesn't really well, have human no. intelligence. If you, if you give an average, it's like basically making a uh, semi-truck super intelligent and uh, sending it out to fuck people up. I was, I was about to say Optimus Prime, but he doesn't really have human intelligence. No, either. certainly not super intelligent. Take that, take that Optimus Prime. <clears throat> Speaking of vendettas we carry over from other shows. You're, uh, you're listening to two people who hate Optimus Prime. Uh, I love that we use this show just as we always have to grind our specific axes, like me with the musicals thing yeah. and you with uh, <laughs> the people with their books. Well, why else would you have a podcast if you can't scream it at slights from 10 years ago? Just grind them, <laughs> grind those axes forever. <laughs> That's what they're for. I don't, I don't chop things. I just like to grind. Yeah. If I wasn't going to grind oh. axes, why would I have so many axes in this axe grinder? Oh, I just have the one axe that covers all of it. It's a very big Oh, I have so many axes. Mm Mm-hmm. It's axes all the way down. Uh, my bad thing. How the fuck are you going to put this gorilla at a construction site and not have him throw barrels at people? (laughs) He's just pounding, like, on this, this, uh, like, pounding his giant legs around on these girders. He's like, great, here we go. <coughs> nope, do, nothing. Do, 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 do. How high can you get, Terry? <laughs> Pretty shway high. Uh-huh. Oh, God, I just want to see him run up the... Like, do, 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> got um, got Dana at the top. Help, Terry. Now she's just eating a book. <laughs> <laughs> it's chili flavored. <laughs> Dana, that's not... You know what? Never mind. Have fun. Yeah, just just let her go. It doesn't matter. McGinnis, quick, activate the hammer for extra points. <laughs> but I can't jump when I have the hanger. Hammer. Hanger. Damn it. There's a um there's a bit after after the gorilla gets away the first time, and these two scientists like he's chased the gorilla through the whole yep. city. And then these two scientists run up yelling about the gorilla. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be right there yep. in that point. And the, like, that was so fucking contrived. I mean, it's not a good episode, Al. 
Our gorilla, oh no. You do get Where did you come from? This this chase started 50 blocks ago. They just, oh my God, that's a fast gorilla. Oh. Those are fast scientists, like wearing big lab coats mm-hmm. and running as fast as Batman. Yeah, I would say I have about the uh, the physique of a uh, of a future scientist who uh, butchered a gorilla. And, uh, yeah, a I could, future unethical scientist. I definitely couldn't do that much running. No, me neither. Yeah. Especially through a crowded city. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one, uh, if there's one thing I would definitely uh, uh, place myself as, it's physique of future scientist. Future unethical. Future scientist. unethical you have to, scientist. You have to, yeah. Because future scientist could mean like I don't know, shriek. Future like, scientist. There's some. There's some guys who at least have cool powers or whatever. These are not that. No. I would also say that shriek probably can't run very fast for very long either. No, he makes that guy, his uh, henchman, carry him on his yep. back, like piggyback mm-hmm. style. I'll let you splice with something strong. Mm-hmm. I just don't want to run. I've been doing some real sh- weird shit to this rhino over here. So, uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say the voice of the gorilla, uh, uh, who was, uh, Malachi Throne, mm-hmm. uh, who, uh, you remember it was the final episode of the animated series, the, the judge one. Oh, yeah. That's a good voice. Uh, yeah, like that episode was kind of dumb, but mm-hmm. uh, his his voice is great. He was also a bunch of guys in original Star Trek and Next Gen. He was, uh, do you remember uh, in uh, Unification, the big Spock episode mm-hmm. where he's on Romulus? Uh, he's uh, Senator Pardek, like the, the Romulan senator. Oh, who's like, yeah. Uh, working with them. He was also false face in Batman 66. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, got the gra- definitely got the gravitas to play an intelligent gorilla. Yep. I mean, he's just, he's got an amazing. He absolutely like, just does. A, because he's got the emotion, mm. but he's also got the intense, like, the, you know, just the anger and the, oh, it's all there. It's all very good. But it's just how many fucking gorilla stories, man? Love a gorilla. Love a gorilla. I guess, is it a thing the animators like doing? I guess. Maybe they're fun to draw. They're probably fun to draw. And the thing is, I'm not against a gorilla story. Mm-hmm. But like I say, the best is still yet to come, and we've already done yeah. a dozen of them. I'm honestly shocked that, like, we've gotten this far and we haven't done Gorilla Grodd. Like, I know he's a Flash villain, but, like... He would he could have easily shown up uh, back when we were in, in doing Superman. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to tell you. Um, there, there's a point where uh, Bruce is very uh, knowledgeably saying, "Well, gorillas are like mm-hmm. this, and gorillas are like this." And I think you had a note saying, "Like, how would he know?" And I'm just like, "Well, because he's met eighty thousand intelligent gorillas." <laughs> uh, I think it was Mal who's just like this guy knows a lot about gorillas. Yeah, he does. Uh-huh. Because he's fought so many gorillas. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the very, very specific references you and I both mm-hmm. made. <laughs> uh, when Terry has his shocked moment of, you can talk. We both went, you can talk, you can talk, I can sing. Help me, Dr. Zayas. <laughs> can I play the piano anymore? Of course you can. Well, I couldn't before. <laughs> ah, so good. I love legitimate theater. <laughs> Getting off on a tangent here. That episode is great just for its use of uh, 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 chimpan A to chimpanzee. No, that's also great. It's a great episode, but mm-hmm. uh, the use of Jeff Goldblum as a character with three lines. Mm-hmm. Just uh. you mean you talking about MacArthur Parker? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the episode was not about nope. him. It was about regular guest star Phil Hartman, mm-hmm. and uh, he was just there to prop him up. Yep, that's very good. You're listening to kids love love The Simpsons. Look. If we could just do seasons like three through mm-hmm. eight, I would be here. Yep. I think you would expand that a little further, not but not much, much further. Yeah. And probably more at the beginning than at yep. the end. 
I uh, I will take uh, season two. There's some there's some decent stuff in there. Season one's the the rough one. Mm. Or season zero. <laughs> okay, mom. <laughs> Always fascinated by that. Let's go out for top. Excuse me. Let's mm-hmm. go out for cho- cho- frosty chocolate. Frosty milk chocolate milkshake, boy. Boy. <laughs> it's World War Three. <laughs> What is, when the what is when the stuff in Ukraine first started happening and <gasps> World War Three kept trending, every time I read that, I read it in the World War Three. Like, oh yep. shit, I'm gonna die in a fo- fireball, and I'm gonna be thinking of fucking Dan Castellaneta's Walter Matthau <laughs> voice when it happens. I can't even think of a good of a good Simpsons episode as I'm consumed by atomic fire. Uh huh. I th- we're getting completely on a different topic here, but I was reading. You remember the the uh, lemon tree episode? Yep. Uh, shout out to Devlin, by the way, who has a lemon she tree. Sure do- Excuse me. They sure do. Yep. Um, the um, the shake harder, boy. <laughs> that guy. Yep. That was apparently um, uh, Hank Azaria doing, or yeah, Hank Azaria mm-hmm. doing a bad impression of Dan Castellaneta doing a bad impression of Walter Matthau. <laughs> making fun of the early Homer That's voice. That's amazing. I, I just learned this recently in it. Oh my God, it is too. Yep. You lose, uh, Springfield. Mm-hmm. Boy. <laughs> oh, back to this episode, oh, I yeah. guess. <sighs> Terry complaining that a zoo smells like a zoo, I think, is a bit mean. Mm-hmm. It smells like a zoo. Yeah. It's, it's... No, what he says is, uh, looks like an animal research lab. Smells like one, too. Like, dude, you came here. It's not like they brought this into your house. You came here. It's very much like... It looks like an animal research uh-huh. facility, and it smells like one it smells too. Smells like one too. Yep, yep. Uh, at one point, um, Terry talks about some of the bad shit going on, and Bruce is kind of makes you cynical, doesn't it? And Bruce, you say that about everything. You're just cynical. You're just a cynical man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. God knows you came by it honest, but at some point, like, yeah, we get it. You did see how, like, my one of my oldest foes just last mm-hmm. week tricked me into fucking him dangled uh eternal youth in front of me and then exploded yep. <laughs> like i'm a little cynical for a reason mm-hmm. man uh, uh i do like there's a i i still don't like barbara's new voice but mm-hmm. uh she doesn't speak much fortunately <laughs> on the uh, plus side but uh... there is an implication she's out of town when all this starts going down and she says uh, i'll get on the red eye uh until then you're on your own i i love the implication that even after all this time, the GCPD is useless without Commissioner Absolutely. Gordon. Absolutely. She's out of town and the cops just can't do shit. Oh, God, what are we supposed to do? Well, this book that was written like 50 years ago says if, if, the, if Commissioner Gordon's not around, don't do anything. All right. Everybody sit on your hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? There's a bit uh, in the episode where... Uh... Uh, fingers does the King Kong chest uh, uh, thump thing, like the chest. Well, thump. I mean, I think that's just a gorilla. I, thing, it, it absolutely is, but it's definitely made famous by King. I Kong. definitely got to have the thought: uh, if I did that now, my tits would hurt so badly. <laughs> Shout out to Maggie's tits. Uh-huh. Listen, if Good you job. follow me on Twitter, there's going to be a lot of that. <laughs> there has been a lot of that, and there will continue to be a lot of that. Look. I, I think we are at a point in our relationship where I can cheer them without seeming creepy, mm-hmm. and I'm so glad because I'm legit excited for you. The uh, the tit call-outs will continue until morale improves. <laughs> morale seems and to be And morale improving. is on the upswing, buddy. <laughs> yeah. 
I never knew there was such a thing as gender euphoria until you started experiencing it. I never knew there was such a thing as gender euphoria until I started experiencing it. Experiencing I'm it. So, so happy Thank for you. you. Legitimately. Okay, what else? My mom called me pretty and I almost died. Oh, I know. That is so sweet. I know. Uh, okay, gorillas. Anyway, you're listening to the Maggie's Feelings <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, we did that. It was a uh-huh. one-off. But, uh, you know, you can't just switch them off. Can't just turn off the feelings. That's true. You can turn off the yeah. Dark Knight, though. I've heard that. Uh, what else? Oh, what else? I'm not sure why it was called "Speak No Evil" except for the stupid picture of the it's monkeys, the monkeys you yeah. know, covering. Yeah, but that's you, you guys could do better than that. Also, like they did an episode called "Like See No Evil." Yeah, and, I on know. the original series, which like yeah. threw me off when but I was looking had... for the summary for this one when. Uh... Yeah. To do my uh, uh, reminder on, because this one blurred, uh, sure blurred together when I watched it last night. Yep. Were you very high? No, I was very drunk. Ah, that would do it. Uh, a lot of the scientist stuff, this is a specific reference, you might not know mm-hmm. this. Uh, the state had a sketch where dude comes on a talk show and he talks about the studies he's doing with mm-hmm. monkeys. And, and he's very serious. Very. This is uh, Tom Lennon, yeah. the guy who... Like from that uh, uh, clip of the Phantom of the Opera that we're always referencing. It's so good. But I mean, he's he's in like the comedy bang bang circles, yeah. and like you definitely. Oh yeah, know he's him. been on a million things. Reno nine nine eleven. If uh, or oh if yeah, you know else. him from that yeah. for sure. Yeah, I figured you would, but every now and then, you know, you, you not too long ago you said you had face blindness, and I think you were serious, and it's like, okay, I need to make sure you know who I'm mm-hmm. talking about instead of just saying, oh, it's that guy. I absolutely do. It's just, there's there's certain like. Yeah, yeah. no, I get it. And I used to make fun of you for it, and I was like, "No shit! If you're if you're actually like that, yeah, I'm not going to do that." I, I, you know, that's the shit. It hasn't been diagnosed or anything, but uh, God, it feels like no. It. But if you have trouble distinguishing one face from another, even if you don't full on have it, you definitely have something yeah. like it. Anyway, he like he puts on his most serious, and he's like, "Yeah, well, uh, the the studies in which I am involved uh, uh, best would be described as monkey torture." <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? So what? Do you do you like beat them? Do you, do you you know deprive them of food? Oh no no no! Psychological torture. <gasps> and it's such a good, like one time I took him to the to the jungle and I said we're gonna set you free, and then I shut the car door and drove him back to the lab. <laughs> it's such a great sketch. <laughs> and near the end of the sketch, there's a uh, spoilers for the state sketch monkey mm-hmm. torture. Uh, uh, the the talk show host gets a call in the middle of the mm-hmm. show. He's like, uh, it's the ASPCA. You're you're being uh, ordered to release this monkey immediately, and uh, you are going to uh, uh, stand trial for your many crimes. He's like, oh well, that's terrible. Or it would be if it wasn't my friend Terry backstage making this call. <laughs> and the the monkeys is like, mm. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Anyway, the scientists. What you, the what you this... do is you end that sketch with a gorilla coming out and ripping his dick off and throwing it into the woods. <laughs> Well, that's how this that's how this mm-hmm. episode ended. Uh, they they basically ended it like the Gunter episode of uh, Futurama. Yep. I don't want to take the hat off. Yeah, all right. I'd rather be a uh, sl- slightly intelligent ape than well, a below average human than a slightly intelligent ape. <laughs> okay, <Fair. laughs> all right. I've it's taking me too long to parse that, so I'm just gonna accept it as true. That stuff always just like, oh, you're back in your element now. All I can think is, well, he's got a human brain now. He's just gonna be all like, I wish there was something to read. Yeah. Oh, I could give you some good books to smell. Well, you chewed the shit out of this thing. (laughs) 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 
Oh, Dana. Dana spilled chili on her first book and just assumes that's what all books are like now. I guess so. I mean, anything you could tell me about Dana, I would probably mm-hmm. believe. The show certainly hasn't told me anything. Dana goes downstairs uh, by throwing herself down them. That's the only way she knows. But she's learned to make it fun. She yells, Toboggan! <laughs> it's the longest word she knows. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Actually, the longest word I know is anti- anti-disestablishment ter- terrarium. <laughs> anti-disestablishment Terry McGinnis. <laughs> All right, well... <laughs> Yes. That's all I got. Okay. You have my a quote? quote and my good oh. thing. Yeah, your quote will lead into a wonderful discussion of something you were delighted uh, by. So in possibly the best part of this entire episode, uh uh Fingers hails a cab at one point. Uh and a cab That should be that first of all, that should have been the name of the episode, not speak no evil. Fingers hails a cab. <laughs> it's from the uh Terry's friend dates a robot uh, school of episodes. Yeah, it just sounds like a, a delightful kids book in the uh, Fingers the Gorilla mm-hmm. series. Anyway, this so this is yeah, that. So uh, Fingers hails a cab mm-hmm. to start with, and then mm-hmm. the cab pulls up, and Fingers mm-hmm. the Gorilla gets in, mm-hmm. and then this happens. Where to, sir? The Wildlife Way Station. Fast. Yes, sir. Must be hot in that costume. You get used to it. Now, we should be clear because they don't have the visual of mm-hmm. this. Fingers is standing outside the studios, uh, like a movie studio, mm-hmm. which is just Warner Brothers, but it says like Gotham Studios, but yes. it's the same logo and everything. So yeah. But but it's like a Hollywood, major Hollywood studio. So the cab driver's unfazed because this kind of shit happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Like last week, Godzilla got in his Yeah, cab, exactly. You know? But it's still, you're right, completely fucking absurd. Oh God! I would I would absolutely request that the uh, the cover for this one be that shot of the gorilla just in the back seat of the cab. <laughs> I think I can manage. Just that. staring forward. God. Mm, mm. The thing is, I always try to like because you know there's there's two images or three when we do three episodes. I always try to like this is the villain or the main conflict point of the episode. Yep. The gorilla kind of qualifies. Mm-hmm. Like I would say it's more the the evil robot eye guy, but you know the gorilla could could you know the mm. car could be blue um, i mean i would definitely if you asked me to describe this one i would definitely say it's terry fights a gorilla versus terry fights a poacher yeah exactly uh the robot i think kind of pays off in that he can see terry cloaked which i thought was okay yeah that was sort of neat i'm surprised not that, enough uh, more stuff hasn't done that not enough to justify his existence no i'm glad more stuff hasn't done it because what happened was he's been doing it for two and a half seasons and i've kind of gotten used to like mm. well yeah animals can sniff through it but otherwise yeah He's he's safe. Mm-hmm. Oh shit, he's not safe. Mm-hmm. Oh no, look out, Terry. Mhm. <laughs> it's not an owl. He's going to be fine. <laughs> also, you mentioned that uh, he didn't uh, do great against the lions. What happened was they cut away. Mm-hmm. We didn't even see him fight lions. They just we just heard it. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I'm not that interested in this, but at least show it. I'd like to see Terry fight some lions. He's I got desperately... to see Bruce fight some lions a bunch of times. Uh, yeah, probably. I don't remember. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. Or some plant lions, some maybe. lions and a werewolf. and Yeah, all kinds of shit. Yeah. I will say, one thing I did like was Terry, the way he continues to treat Fingers the gorilla the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, 
at first he's doing the thing you do with a you know with an animal that's gotten loose mm-hmm. I'm like hey buddy it's okay you know you, you're calm but the whole time even when he knows he's intelligent it's not condescending mm-hmm. but it is like he's very gentle with yeah. him he's never like hey stop hurting people yeah he's like buddy please don't if you go down there looking for this guy you're mad at, mm-hmm. people are going to panic and things are going to get worse for you. Yeah. Like, and I just love the calm. Vo- like, that's mm-hmm. a very deliberate choice, and yeah. I like I like that. Well, it's a gorilla. You don't piss it off and rip your dick off and throw it in yeah. the woods. Yeah, and he needs that mm-hmm. for, you know, sex and urinating. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing Dana likes, so. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I like chili, eating books, and sex with Terry. And she, and half the time she chews on it anyway. <laughs> Are you okay down there? Huh? <laughs> All right. Well, Anything this is else? the best I can do. Uh-huh. <laughs> Clearly. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dana. And also that's not true because he had Melanie and he had um uh, almost, uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Bubble Girl. Yep. God, it must be love. I guess so. Yeah. That's kind of beautiful. Is it? <laughs> it's something. Okay. All right. Anything else? Uh, no, that's everything I got. Okay. Well, next week, we have an exciting time. Mm-hmm. Our friend Flonk will be joining us yep. for the two-part episode called The Call. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to spoil a little bit right now. This is where we meet the Justice League of the future. Hell yes. I will not spoil the plot. but no, but... but we get to meet, like, like really, basically... In a weird way, set up Justice League. Mm-hmm. Like, we're seeing, you know, the version of them 50 years on. But yeah. We get to meet the Justice League, mm-hmm. and then we'll go back in time and meet the current Justice League. Yeah. And it's great. The, uh, God, the members of the Justice like, we'll get into this, but the members that they pick for uh, the future Justice League is really cool. Oh, do you know this? Uh, I believe so, if I'm thinking of the right one. Well, I'll I think save you, it, but, uh, there are two episodes. Like, there's this. Mm-hmm. Then there's also the Justice League, the JLU time travel episode where they come to the future and meet the Justice League. Yeah, I don't. Which is some of the same guys, mm-hmm. but not all the same guys. Because we get a moment where modern Batman meets old Batman. Yeah. Like old Bruce and young Bruce hanging out. Mm-hmm. Which is almost as good as out of the past, but not quite. So good, God. We got some good shit coming. Yeah, we do. I mean, almost all of JLU is yeah. just mm. perfect. Ah. Yep. Um... But anyway, my point is that one had Static Shock in it, which mm. was a nice, like, extra nod to tie some stuff in, and this one doesn't. Yeah. So, I don't know if you were thinking of that one. No, or... no. Um, oh, okay. we'll, we'll get into it next week. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Well, Flonk was excited to come on for that one, so uh, he'll be here. Uh, all right. Well, the stuff, as usual, our website is kidslovebatman.com. If you mm. want to write to us, we're, like, three or four episodes away from, from doing our mailbag show, so please do. Yep. Kidslovebatmanpodcast at Gmail. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear from you. Uh, I, for now anyway, I don't know if I'm leaving it, but, uh, for now I'm on Twitter at Algar. And I'm at uh, Maggie Robots and I'm going down with this ship. <sighs> I see some of the things that guy wants to do and I, I don't know, man. Listen, I'm going down with that ship until like it gets fucking horrible. Like, yeah, that's fair. Well, I, I, I don't want to tell you your business, but as a trans woman, I feel like you're going to feel it before I do. You ain't kidding, buddy. <laughs> yep. Uh, so on that happy note, mm-hmm. we will be back next week. Yeah. See you folks. Voila, Schwarbage. For more information about this show and the people who make it, visit kidslovebatman.com. To provide financial support for this show and all of the shows produced by Algar Productions, consider a pledge at patreon.com slash Algar. 
That's double A-L-G-A-R. The Kids Love Batman podcast is a co-production of Maggie Robotham and Ron Algar-Watt. Copyright 2022, Algar Productions. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.